10 years, three boys, one question, are we friends? Hello. Hello, adventurers, and welcome to another entrancing tale brought to you by Are We Friends? I will be your DM this evening, Taylor. I'm your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And this is the Intrepid Show, where three boys who have known each other for ten years go through their interests one at a time to see if they are actually still friends, if they will slay the dragon, if they will save the maiden, or if it's just inertia. <laughs> this week... The... Oh, sorry. What were you saying, Jorge? Uh, this is the second time you've used that that hello tune, isn't it? Oh, shoot. No, because I do it because it was the beginning of my uh, D&D. It was a, a track. It's a Salve Regina, like an old Gregorian chant uh-huh. that I would use to open all my D&D sessions. Oh, my oh, God. You, no, you're right. Sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. You know what? I take that back. I'm yeah, just yeah, you're, you're good, actually. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, but like as you guys can t- yeah. as you guys can tell, uh, yeah. is this a, a topic of Brian's? Brian's, what are we uh, what are we talking about today? <laughs> yes, Brian's, what is we talking? about? Brian's, um, what are we's talkings about, about today's? Uh, because we are recording this on the twenty seventh, which is uh, Gary Gygax's birthday, we are going to be wow. talking about Dungeons and Dragons, now, not just Dungeons, Gary... not just Dragons, but them together. Gary Gygax is the creator of Dungeons yes. and Dragons. Yeah. Very good. Look at you. Now, yeah. I've heard it Gygax. a gold star, I would. I've I'm heard pretty it as, sure uh, I got that from Futurama. Probably. I, I've heard it as both Gygax and Gygax. Do you know which one for sure it is? Uh, I've heard Stephen Colbert say Gary Gygax, so I'm going to go, go with, with him. Yeah, someone fact check that. He, exactly, yeah. He met, he met him and didn't purposely walk up and butcher his name in front of him. <laughs> yeah, and so this day is also incredibly propitious as well because uh, I just did yes, an intercamp please. LARP with my uh, with my staff versus another camp staff. We made uh, p- we wrapped PVC in pool noodles and everything was duct taped up and we all beat the crap out of each other for a bit. I was going to say, no, if no. anybody doesn't know, LARP stands for Live Action Role Play. And Which then uh, might does be the greatest four words together ever. Does propitious mean like correct or fitting? Yeah, it means like well timed or well fitting. Yeah, I I just did some GRE vocab words. I'm I'm full of words. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it was Your fun. SAT word of the day. Yeah, dude, cool. it was great. Uh, so I I had a couple of LARP mm. swords from last year when this camp did it, uh, and I named them St. Peter and St. Michael, like as a joke. You know, like, oh, isn't this funny? And I wrote in nomini patris on both swords. Oh, um, so God. I told everybody, like, yeah, yeah, these are my LARP swords, and I named them St. Peter and St. Michael. And then suddenly we just mm-hmm. became the Pope's army. Like every shield had a red cross on it. Oh, no. I had a staff member make me a, a shield. I'm like, yes, this is the shield of St. Lawrence for you, Archbishop. <laughs> like it was like, this guy's so weird. Just so casually fast. created a crusade real quick. Oh, it was, before it before we move on to Dungeons and Dragons, do you want to talk a little bit about how LARPing works? Yeah. Uh, Cause it was incredible. Um, so before I talk about that, where I got this word incredible from, there's a guy I work with, uh, he's a character. He runs another camp on the lake, like our Ian from the other episode. And he just says wonderful things. Like it was fucking incredible, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you walk into his office and there are two ashtrays and whatever you walk in, like, oh, I've always got one for a guest here. I'm like, uh, you sure you should be smoking? Yeah, man, I fucking love cigarettes. <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, so we had not his camp, but Ian's camp over, 
uh, and we played three different versions of the game. Uh, we all did a weapons inspection um, to see like if they're safe. And the way we tested is like, so this is your weapon? Turn around and we beat you with you. it. Like if you're willing to get hit with it, it's a fair weapon. Um, so the first game we played was capture the flag across our entire camp, which is about 100 acres. Uh, so oh my God. two teams of about 14, 15 people. And then, you know, for an hour, we were trying to get the other's flags, and we called it a draw. Mm-hmm. The second game we played was Deliver the Payload. We have a trailer, like one you like a trailer you hook up to the back of a camp vehicle or a truck to carry, like, lumber okay. and stuff. And one team has to push this thing up the hill while defending while the other team is trying to kill everybody. <laughs> and it was, it was absolutely <laughs> rad. Uh, super dangerous. <laughs> we shouldn't have been doing it because we absolutely thought, like, oh, well, if we just bum rush with the trailer, they're going to get out of the way. And <laughs> They went. And they won't. No, we won't. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, just, um, and so, when it was our turn to defend, we all have these shields we made out of boogie boards we bought at the dollar store. Uh, so all wrapped in duct tape with the red crosses on it. So I told everyone to grab the shield next to them so they tessellate over. And we all had our spears like in a phalanx formation. <laughs> just who? Ha! How you feel? Who? Ha! Feel good. And it was fairly. It was terrifying to watch us like march in step down the hill. Um, and then we did just uh, gladiatorial combat in our Gaga ball pit, uh, which is a giant octagon. Uh, so just one of my oh staff my members God. made a net out of rope and with two tennis balls on the end to weight it. And he had a net and a sword. So he would like grab people around the neck and bring Literally them in. Literally doing gladiatorial up. combat. Just like. Yeah, I had okay. a, a huge long spear. I've got it in my office, but I'm not going to grab it right now. See, it's about eight feet long with just foam on the top and bottom. I call it the Pope. And it was just, <laughs> my whole thing was just, yeah, yeah just, uh, step, 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 step from like eight feet away. And it was incredibly effective. It was incredible. Okay, so that, incredible. That was <laughs> less how does LARPing work and more unrelatable stories about how you have LARPed. But um, that's, that's okay. LARPing is pretend um, It does. It's it does remind fight. me of uh, Devin and I used to play <laughs> World of Warcraft. <laughs> Uh-huh. And there was like a deliver the payload thing that you play with like a bunch of other real players, yeah. and we would just cyber bully people who were there to bully <laughs> no, no. other kids. No, no, we we would cyber bully cyber bullies. That makes ah, it okay. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fine. You're like that's Batman. Cool. Yeah, when that- somebody's mean to everybody else, <laughs> Batman, you... the cyber bully of cyber bullies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I am basically. I'm gonna go with Spider Man though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, no. So like LARP, sorry, I I guess I should have gone more general with it. LARP is uh, you pretend fight with weapons that can't really hurt you. So you get the experience of being in like a medieval war setting without, you know, Mm -hmm. the gangrene and the amputations and tourniquets and triage. Yeah. But but literally, how do you play it? Oh, uh, so the body's broken up by limbs, back and torso. A shot to the torso is instant kill. A shot to the back is instant kill. If you get hit in the arm, you call your own hits, and you yell arm, and now you can't use that arm anymore. If you get hit in the leg, you call posting. Um, So now you can only pivot on your good, on your bad leg. You can't move anymore. We have medics who can come and heal you, but if you're stuck, you're stuck. Uh, So Mm -hmm. two hits on your limbs and you're dead. So if you are posting and you get hit in either your dead leg or your live leg, you're, you're dead. And then Mm -hmm. depending on the rules of the particular game, you have multiple lives or you only have one life. And then, you know, like a variety of games. But the main mechanic is beating the snot out of each other with foam (laughs) weapons. Very nice. Okay. So sorry, Brian. Back to to Dungeons & Dragons. Nothing to apologize for at all. (laughs) Because that is the physical manifestation of what everybody thinks about when they play Dungeons & Dragons. 100%. Because for any 
anybody uninitiated who is listening to this podcast, one, that's incredible that a girl listens to this. And two, yeah. uh, it's basically... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's... that's but um, <laughs> Oh, God, the sexism uh, yeah, ghost so, is here. Sexism. Yeah, why, why, did you, why did you pick Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, one, because it was Gary Gygax Day. Um, and two, because I've been recently the group, the two groups that I play with have been going pretty strong. So I thought it would be a good time to actually talk about it and see what you guys feel about it and how into it you guys are as compared to me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for a basic description, Dungeons and Dragons is the, the most fun you can have with your clothes on. A hunt. That is a. Wow. They need to put that on every box and book and thing. Dude, no, I'm, just, I'm saying if they because... didn't think that we were nerds before. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean... Can you imagine if they put that in every box? We know you're not getting naked, so we know this is the most fun you can have with yeah. your clothes on. D&D. Correct. <laughs> just the most... <laughs> no, I don't think they'll put it on there, but they should. Um, we'll call Wizards of the Coast. We'll have a conference call. My people, their people, correct. you know, it'll be great. So uh, Our, why, don't, why don't we start with exactly how Dungeons and Dragons works uh, succinctly for anybody yes. that doesn't play? I've been trying to do that for an hour and a half now at this point. Um, but <laughs> basically, it is what you would call a tabletop RPG. Um, you're, you make a character, uh, your friends, the other players, I'm not going to say just your friends, but the other players also make characters. There is one person who is essentially running the game. They are the dungeon master, or the DM is the short form for that. Um, and they basically take you through a series of scenarios or a series of setups um, that have battles, that have interactions with NPCs and your other characters. Um, you go in, usually there's some form of loot or treasure that you try to go after, and you basically just... You basically get to live through a fantasy story. Would you, like, would you agree with the description that it's a competitive and cooperative collectivized storytelling? With rules, yeah, I think I, that's I think that's the 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 log line or the you know abstract of D and D. Yeah, yeah I, I always think of it as playing pretend with enough rules to make pretend actually playable. Yeah, um, but but I do think storytelling is an important part of yeah. it. If it depending on what the interest level in story is for the. Group. I was gonna say I think these days the general vibe or appetite for D&D is more in the storytelling could be completely wrong I'm a storyteller yeah whenever I do like huge on story and lore and I I like hide little bits of factoids and hints about how the universe works like you know Mm -hmm. in the story yeah so that's the type I started on I didn't like I know a couple of people who were basically boot in door players who are like I want to go into a dungeon I want to beat up a bunch of stuff I want to use my abilities and then what do I get from this? And then kind of move on from there. But yeah, oh, I'm so much more what, like a puzzle maker. <laughs> I, Go ahead, Orange. Yeah, so uh, first of all, on recording, I want to call official dibs on doing Call of Cthulhu. Yours. Duly uh, called. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reserve that, and I won't talk about that uh, as much as I can avoid it during this. Can you that is at like least the, tell us what it is so we're not so cryptic about it? Uh, No. It's like horror. <laughs> we'll say we'll call it horror Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's I mean that's more, that's more all I mystery want. Mystery horror combat, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Uh, Bingo. Yeah, can't wait for that episode. But uh, what I like about that, which is specifically what I dislike about Dungeons and Dragons, is I like to be able to do a mad play imagination. You know, so like 
really explore what my character can do that I wouldn't be able to do in a video game. So I very much mm-hmm. do not like just going through a dungeon and fighting things. Because I'm like yeah. a video game can make these fights much better. And Dungeons and Dragons, I think, is a little inundated with st- like stats and rules for combat that don't particularly appeal to me. So what mm-hmm. I like is when a DM lets me just go bananas on characters, and <laughs> I specifically, I I like story being there, so I can bullheadedly smash through everything that they try to set up. <laughs> I play like a like a dragon born barbarian who's as, as big as i could make him and i just what, isn't his name like bob da builder yes he's, from oh, the, he's bob from the da builder clan no. um and i like to specifically in inventive ways i like to kill each person in a unique way usually something oh. involving skull smashing but yeah so like when i'm dming uh i let people yeah like kill anything the way that they want to but i design like boss Mm -hmm. fights so it works almost like because i'm big on like let's have a board with a grid here are the obstacles and everything and it works like a a a live chess game with different rules every time like just to make combat a little bit more interesting and sort of Mm -hmm. a way that a video game like it's just different like how chess played on a computer feels a little bit different when you actually have the pieces in your hand and i try to like play with that materiality a little bit and people like it you know but i like the story a lot more that's just the element that i do to like make combat worth it so it's not what i find most interesting is that you've played computer chess before because i'm not (laughs) a fucking nerd you loser wow dude because computer chess is super good Super fun. We're going to have to play chess. We're going to do a whole chess episode. I'm going to teach oh, everybody heaven, on this no, podcast how to beat every other casual player at chess. Yo, oh. I used to teach chess. Get the gambit, dude. Are you serious? Yeah, man. Really dude, as speaking part of, of computers. Oh, sorry. Go for it. In one of my, uh, when I was getting my psychology bachelor's, I worked in a research lab where mm-hmm. we were testing the effect of learning chess on executive functioning in children. So I ran like oh, a my whole little after school chess program for underprivileged You're- children. Like, <laughs> Ted dancing, but less white. In the name of science. Yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> well, uh, of which, have you watched? Have you seen the cover for Knights of the South Bronx? It's not great. It's a movie where <laughs> Ted Danson <laughs> saves little black kids by oh, teaching them no. chess. And the cover, oh, no. the cover is all the children down on the street, like mm-hmm. you know, like lifting up their chess trophy and and yeah, the triumphantly sort of yes. yeah. But they're like tiny, and the top three-fourths of the poster is just <laughs> Ted Danson's face with, like, light gleaming behind yeah, it. It's bad. <laughs> I am your white savior. I was yeah. say he's literally a white knight in this situation. Horrible. Horrible. Just Sorry, Taylor, incredible. you were saying. Oh. Incredible. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> there's, um, God, I don't know. Oh, no, uh, no, I totally forgot. Yeah, we're good. Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along, then. All right, so, so, Brian, why don't, why don't you respond? How in which I feel like you take a little offense to me belittling D and D combat uh, like that. Not necessarily. I well, this is this kind of gets into a larger point about um, the versions of D and D because a, as through the years, um, it's it's gone up in it's changed how it is. Um, the the versions that are played these days because it was just very basic when it started and it's expanded, expanded, expanded from official sources and unofficial sources that have been adopted by official sources, so on and so forth, right? And currently, from what I've noticed, is there seems to be three camps of how people play D&D, and that kind of answers the question of, like, what's important for people? There's 3.5, there's five point, uh, there's 5.0, and there's Pathfinder. They call it 5E, right? 
5e. 5th edition. Yeah. Um, 5th edition, yes. Uh, One, I'm going to ask you guys, what do you guys play when you play? And do you guys kind of have ideas about what the other ones do? Because yeah. I've got vague ideas, but I'm not necessarily. Buddy, I used to run a nerd shop. I've got, I've heard some spirited Perfect. opinions about Pathfinder <laughs> versus D and D. So I, you I, I only, I've mainly only played Five E, I believe, and mm-hmm. I've heard that Pathfinder just has like a lot more stuff added in, but is not, I'd imagine, not quite as well polished since it seems like open source D and D. And then I don't know much about the earlier versions about D and D, except for that, like, I want to say. Four was really bad, or I, I hear one of <laughs> yeah. the ones between the old one people play and the one people yes. play now. One of the ones in between was really bad. There's so, a reason why I said three point five and then five. I want to say it's like even a number in there. Yeah. Which makes four me think of Gravity Falls, where they had like the '90s hip hop version of that math game they play. Yeah, where it's yes. like, oh, this sure. one awful version of this role playing <laughs> game that's definitely D and D that we never speak of. That's fourth edition. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like that's what I thought. Just, yeah. Yeah, uh, I play 5th edition, um, Okay, and that's what I learned on, because uh, I only started playing D&D like four or five years ago like as a grown man, and I, I thank my lucky stars every day <laughs> that I came to this as an adult with exactly. other hobbies, and like this is not a defining part of my personality. Like, no, 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 this is just a hobby I have. I'm not, you know, I'm sorry, real, real fast, I just, I just want to, <laughs> on all Yikes. of our behalf, thank Drinking for making this yeah. the people we yeah. are today. Huge fan. Oh, what a re- real shout out to Drinking. Yeah, yeah. really, really saved us, us from, from a life of so hardship. Much. Developed so many interpersonal skills just by getting <laughs> drunk in high school. Yeah, thank yeah. God. <laughs> and smoking cigarettes, honestly. Oh, yeah. That was... That... <laughs> always someone to talk to. Always a, always okay. a, like a, a quick hook. This is... By the way, hey, Little man, Tobacco, uh, Little Tobacco, if you're listening, we will take your money. Yeah, uh, we really will. Um, but yeah, those those things like really help. We would have been mm-hmm. fucking super nerds, exactly. Uh, for some of those things, uh, yeah. So yeah. I like fifth edition because um, it's it's kind of pared down on the rules. And like well, Hori, what you were talking about, like being able to do a lot more stuff more freely. I like feel like fifth edition is the best for that because mm-hmm. the the way I like to characterize it, it's the ask your DM version. Where like, mm-hmm. uh, can I do that? Eh, ask your DM, you know, it's kind of like by them versus like, nope, okay. there are 75 charts uh, and 67 <laughs> dice rolls, all of which can be found on the second appendice of volume two, uh, which is more like Pathfinder. There's lists on lists on lists and lists and numbers and everything is just dice roll. Like you, your main mm-hmm. mechanic is not talking about the cool stuff you're doing. It's rolling goddamn dice. I um, will say I, I've seen the the, the DM books, and that is some of the most unorganized, horrible drivel I've ever it's, read. In oh my life. god! <laughs> okay, Rant anyone, time. <laughs> anyone who has ever appreciated being able to look something up will have their their like their mind shattered in a million pieces by the <laughs> like, absolute nonsense of it. So there are there are spells, right? Spells that varieties of classes can use, like some wizard spells, some sorcerers can use, and some sorcery spells warlocks can use, and you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So you'd think, if they're all class specific, you'd you'd divide them that way. Like here are the wizard spells, here are yes. the sorcerer spells, here yes. are the warlock spells, and so on <laughs> and so forth. No, absolutely not. Wrong. Every <laughs> single spell is just put alphabetically with no index. <laughs> just here's the section wall. of just. Back of the book, not even the very last end of the book. Here's just like the seventh out of eighth section. Spells. Go for it. Entirely inavocable. It's incredible. Incredible how bad this is. Sometimes you're like, hey, I want to jump. How does that work? And the DM's like, hold on. 
Let me fucking have to like skim through the entire book to find out where yes! jumping is. Oh, I had to make my own fucking like paratextual things. I have tabs coming, and I don't tab books. Like I'll annotate books, but I have tabs mm-hmm. the ring around the three sides that's not the spine, just oh saying where shit God. is. Like it's it's outrageous how badly it's organized. <laughs> It's like they want it to be a skill to be able to read through that book. I think that is it. I think they don't want just anybody to DM. So they're like fucking only the hard motherfuckers who are willing to figure this stupid system out get to do this. Yeah. The one person who ran the gauntlet of the entire book yes. is allowed to be the DM. <laughs> like, can we just like get up and go and play? I just want to be the kids in yeah. Stranger Things for a bit. Like, fuck you, Wizards right. of the Coast. <laughs> and I think I know the answer to this, but do y'all prefer pre-written like official stories or do you like to write your own when you dm or do you like your dm to write their own or use pre-written i have the only pre-written campaign i've ever played is the starter pack the minds of Foundelver for 5e mm-hmm. which is it's not bad it's you know it's like yep yeah, it kind of scaffolds you up you start from one and you you know meet some goblins okay here's how we learn about combat and you go to a simple dungeon here's how we <laughs> learn about dungeons like oh good yeah. but it's a nice entertaining story as well it's cool sure I've never played another uh, pre-written one. Yeah. And I know I write better stories than the mind of fan, minds of Fandelver, <laughs> so like I just do it. Because <laughs> yeah. I can write way darker shit than D&D's ever going to write. Correct. Um, I Yeah, I am much more... And pretty much any campaign I've been involved in has been a homebrew. Um, I think I actually like to... I like to actually run modified written campaigns as oh, in terms of my own DMing. Like I've ran, I've ran a couple of one shots that I've basically like finagled into my own thing, but I've let, you know, them have all the numbers and sort of the maps of like, I'm lazy as fuck when I DM. I'm so fucking, I just want to talk about cool stuff and like have cool moments. So anything that can give me a skeleton to put my characters into cool moments, I will happily use and basically do the equivalent of that meme that says you made this and then I pull it away and go, I made this right. is what I'll do as a DM. But as a player, pretty much only done homebrew. It's interesting. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think I also prefer, like, so lately I was doing ones that were pre-written because it's okay. more of a time issue because that's like a lot of work. So for anybody who doesn't know, the DM has to do an insane amount of work to set up these storylines. If it they're writing them, it's like a shit ton of work to the write. The most imbalanced relationship between play, like players where it's like, oh, all the players that are characters just kind of show up and think about their own things. And even and that's the DM a goes, struggle to get players to show up consistently. Yeah, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you have one yeah. job. And Sit as a DM and writing, when you write your own scenarios, you also have to account for that. doesn't matter how how large of a map you scale out, how many mm-hmm. things you plan for, how many rooms you write in, it, like they will always go off script and hit something yes. that you've not done before. So it's a lot of improvisation on top of all the work that you did. It's like really hard for them to see all of the work that you did. But I think it's it's a fair trade-off because then when you're playing, you get to play all of the time and the players have to wait their turn. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm a psychopath. So when I write, a campaign is like every room and every person has a scripted response Uh, or at least like, Hey, if you ask about this, you will receive information about this. Or if you roll above this in this room, this is what you'll be able to see. Like it's Mm -hmm. every room is just a chart for me. I like to, I like to build worlds where it's the 
the entire world exists and you can go fucking anywhere. Yeah, like this exactly. is where this is happening. Mm-hmm. And if you don't go there, then we're not doing the campaign, but we're playing. So yeah, we'll figure I, it yeah. out. I imagine it like links in a chain, like this episode, this is for whatever reason, you're trapped in this area. Do whatever you want, but you're not getting out. And if you do get out, kudos. Cause you, you must've thought of something bad shit to get around <laughs> me. But, uh, but yeah, but like it, however you end this episode, we are moving to the next section of the story. It's going to be significantly altered depending on what you do, but like there mm-hmm. is a general script and I always write it you know, as we are going along. Cause you can't write like nine episodes and no, not end God, up railroading no. someone. Depends so, on how much always... you railroad them. Exactly. Well, well, so yeah, that's, that's like a railroad. Yeah. That's another term that if you're not, familiar with these games you might like yeah. to know is uh, railroading which is specifically where you try to say like oh well we're gonna go do this and the dm basically just tells you oh you can't do that yeah which it's, sucks a railroad is on tracks going to a place nobody has real control except the conductor of where and when they go there so that's the the, the rpg equivalent is just basically going oh we're gonna you know the, there's a man with a big crown that wants to talk to you and it's like we're gonna go talk to the tavern folk and it's like all the tavern folk tell you, hey, go talk to the man with the crown. You're like, all right, I'm going to go to another shop to buy something. The shop's closed. I'm going to go to another. Ch- it's closed. Like it's, RPGs wh- wh- in the 90s yeah. were really bad about this. Like Banjo-Kazooie mm-hmm. or whoever or whatever. Uh, you would like what talk you, to someone. You Banjo-Kazooie on glass? <laughs> it's not even an RPG. Whatever. It's just a fun okay, platform. Two things. <laughs> One, yes, everybody hates. I, I think it's generally agreed upon that all players hate railroading. Yeah. Number exactly. two, all players do not hate Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie is <laughs> fucking awesome. Probably no, very you're right. Few, you're right. Because Banjo Kazooie, it's very much like, hey, here's a comedic conversation, and something's gonna happen. Do it if you want to. But there are other RPGs like, ah, now you've entered into this scene, and I'm going to warp you, whether or not you mm-hmm. want it or not, to this place. Ah, wait, I got to get a choice. <laughs> and instead all right. of having to hear people talk, you just get to hear them make noises. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will make Gruntilda noises whenever possible. So oh, yeah, dude. thank you for bringing up Banjo. Gruntilda's my queen. Oh yeah. Dude, maybe fuck her bitch sisters though. Well, fucking yeah, but <laughs> Well, they did bring her back from the dead, so that's kinda cool. But that's I mean, it's, it's you got a weighing the options scenario. The yeah. pros and cons have to go into effect there. Do you do y'all remember why she kidnap kidnaps Banjo's sister? She wants to be hot. She's young. Yeah, because uh, like in the game over screen, they have this horrifying like the fly machine where yeah. she goes into mm-hmm. one side and Grunty right. goes in the other side, and she comes out sexy Grunty, and then it's just troll Tootie over there. <laughs> this, is, this is the second time that we've talked about Banjo Kazooie. Have we actually explained what it is? No, we should. Yeah, um, so it's a game for Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> Where the main character is a bear who has a bear who has a bird in his backpack. Who has a bear in his bear pack. The bear is Banjo. The bird is Kazooie. Correct. They're trying to save Banjo's sister who's been kidnapped by the evil witch Gruntilda. Yeah, I guess it swapped their hotness. That's what it is. Correct. It's the the, the sort of youthful thing. Yes, and you have to collect collect jiggies and jinjos. Which are jigsaw pieces. And little bird people. uh, And music notes for something else. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, your it's health is honeycombs. Yes. Uh, and then there's Banjo Tooie, which is the second game. Like, look, I, the, she's just the back three, in evil, right? She's not even. Oh yeah, she's just back and like ready to fuck around. Like, you guys fucking yeah. destroyed the first plant. I'm gonna destroy you. I am made of bones now, so I am mm-hmm. un 
fuck aroundable. Why do you have to? Why do you have to mess? She kills bottles the groundhog, which is crazy. <laughs> What a horrible thing to do. Imagine, yeah. imagine like your standard adventure story. You're trying to save the maiden, but you're a bear to bird. Everything is bear and bird and musical note themed. That's that's it. That's yeah. <laughs> everything else they want to throw thing. in is in the like the the gel color of bird, bear and musical. Uh, <laughs> bird bear musical. That's what we want. Yeah, we maybe need to do a whole banjo kazooie episode. We 100 percent need to. I'm gonna have to go back and play it, but yes. We'll, okay, but we'll going going back to Dungeons and Dragons, what? Dear uh, God. What characters do y'all like to play when you when you play? Or what are some of the ones that you've played? A little I mean, bit of two different questions there, because what like what do you like to play is is one thing versus what we have played before, because there have been times where I have picked a character well, and gone, Oh, I didn't like this at all. Well so then answer to playing. taste, Brian. <laughs> um the two characters I have going right now I like a lot. And I I started out liking the ability to have everything at my disposal. I was very much a character of going, man, I, okay, I need everything in case anything happens. So I you need played a bard. Yeah, like, that was what I wanted. I, I, think I haven't actually played a bard yet, which is insanity, considering how I am and how I exist in every world and how I like to play. Um, currently, I have a drunken master monk going. Sick. And I have a great old one warlock going. Oh. Um, yeah, you, I knew you would like that. He's great, actually... Great old one's a... Is that a type of warlock? Yeah. That is a patron you can get. So, so basically, there's three different kinds of yeah. spellcasters. There's sorcerers who have like natural magical ability. There are mm-hmm. wizards who have to study and are like the academics <laughs> of the magic using world and warlocks yep. who like make a pact with a great magical being so they can like suckle at the teat of their magic as long as they do their bidding occasionally. The three main the three main spellcasters are basically uh, entitled rich kid, actual workhorse and total sluts. Like, those are the only <laughs> options. You either get your magic because you have a sugar daddy or mommy, um, you were just born with it, so fuck everybody else, or you actually worked a day in your life. So that's really all you can go with. Like, there's there's some other mixed spellcasters that are basically like, oh, I pray to my god, and I try really hard, and all uh... that. But they also, like, hit stuff, and nobody cares about them. But, the, yeah, for the main spellcaster, you have those. And I'm... A dirty, dirty, dirty old school slut who is like, hey, old school sugar mama who's been around since time immemorial. Want to give me power? And she's like, yes, I do. And it's great. And I love it. But it'll cost Um, you, sweetie. It'll cost me at some point. It's fine. Yeah, see, I, I feel like my, my classic, the thing that I would love to be would be mm-hmm. a warlock, but in the I can never bring myself to make a warlock character. It's just It feels like too much work to keep track of all those spells. Oh, and warlocks are great because and... you, you have one choice when you cast spells. You have to cast them at the highest strength possible. Yes. Like, you just, no choice. Just, no, no, you're, you're blasting magic out your ass, and you have Thank no choice like... otherwise. You are a loaded bazooka at all times. It's... It's it the choice is more of what do I use because everything is at eleven and it's like okay what do I plug into this murder machine do I shoot them with fire do I shoot them with poison do I send them into a psychic you know like terror zone oh it doesn't matter which one I do because they all have as many dice as possible that's the thing with with warlocks is the simplicity of spell slots which is basically how hard or soft you can cast something. And they're basically always at the top, no matter what. 
Yes, that, that just all feels like too much work. I like barbarians where I just get to <laughs> bust in and be like, well, I'm going to do whatever I want because I'm the strongest one here. Mm-hmm. And when I play my dragon board, my goal is always to build the world's first gym. So I somehow <laughs> got uh, an immovable rod, which is like a, a metal rod that there's a button on the end of it. And you push it and then it can't be moved. Like it'll float there and, uh, and not move. So I just use it to do pull-ups. Oh, my God. God, oh my God, that's so, first of all, that's great. I like yeah, that. <laughs> I, I like to go into town squares and then just start doing pull-ups in front of everybody and be like, "Yeah, you want to get beefed like this? Give me some money so I can start." You want a, a hot body? You want a Maserati? You got to work, what? bitch! Like as you're just pumping it out. Yeah, so I I, I like to goof off and uh, not. You know, I am super nerdy, but I like a big thing I like about TRPGs is specifically playing them in a as least nerdy way as I can and just cause some okay. trouble and <laughs> being a goof and like doing goofy little things. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Love to find drugs and do them as, no, as hard no, as I can. God, no. I love to like role play the character's actions. So I don't do voices or anything, but like he's okay. an idiot and he, he's very determined to do whatever. So he'll fuck up the whole campaign if he can. Oh, he'll he'll derail everything if they don't get him under control. Like, to me, he's part of what they need to deal with. <laughs> he's another obstacle. Oh, yeah. I love it. No, it's it's uh, Jorge, Bob the Builder. Uh, I had a, a gnome character who were like two and a half feet tall named Sindri Knackle, who was a wizard, who was the first character I ever made because I thought I wanted to play a spellcaster. And Jorge would pick me up like a football and just... <laughs> <laughs> like through enemies, just like I would hands also, out and tackling foes. Well, I would hold him up so that he could cast spells without That's people so being able to get to him. How considerate of you! <laughs> yeah, we so, had a we had a, another oh friend who was like a a druid that would change into animals. Okay, and he would change into a mouse and hang out in our pockets all the time. And what? there's one time where I I grabbed him and I like whipped him at somebody. But oh my god. Like mist, and he hits the wall and turns back into the little whatever he is. So I, 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 like I was saying, I I used to like to play spellcasters, but spellcasters take a long time before they're good. And I realized in the like last two years or so, like nope. I also just want to beat the crap out of people, but I don't want to play barbarians or warriors. So right now I'm playing a halfling bard. So I can beat up enough people, and halflings are like hobbits, pretty much. Uh, and they yes, have this ability literally where... hobbits that are legally not allowed to be called hobbits. Yeah, like... pretty much. <laughs> uh, they're, they have this ability called lucky, where just... So your main mechanic of D&D is you roll a 20-sided dice, you know. Uh, and 20 is the perfect success, something crazy good happens, and one is like, oh, man, you're about to Charlie Brown in the middle of the battlefield right now. Like yeah. you're, uh, you're going that... down, buddy. And a nat 20 means natural 20. Like you rolled yeah, you rolled, a, a, you rolled an exactly. actual 20. Yeah. Yeah. So critical success and critical fail. And halflings cannot critical fail. It's That's pretty incredible. Cool. Yeah. I, I love great. messing with that. It's like I'm not going to do the worst ever. Uh, so I was like, going to say, because they're, like, big, they're big-footed doofers. So it's kind of incredible that they can't actually critically fail. Like I know. It's, so, <laughs> like, it's great because I can fight people and they're like, oh, getting a little bit too heavy invisibility and just like <laughs> dip <laughs> and i've done that several times I'm like i'm gonna fight i got hit once goodbye <laughs> it's just sneak okay. into the background so what are what are some reasons that a normal person would like to play dungeons and dragons totally gonna Ooh. get you laid what it will Sorry. not get you laid it would, it'll be the oh, opposite okay. of getting I know, you laid. I know. Um, <laughs> any 
any bed you're potentially in, you will be sucked out of the second they know this knowledge. You will be pulled back by a giant string that's been attached to your back since you started playing. I think um, for normal, <laughs> for normies... <laughs> Oh boy! It's, so right. is that is that term bad now? Is, does that I mean something know. I don't know? I, I thought it's normies fun. is just like whatever in group is like saying like oh people who don't do the thing that it's we all do the, are normies. It's the okay sign thing where generally yeah it's fine, but some people who are really shitty do make frequent use of it. Oh what's yeah, right. like alt right people do say like oh normies, you know people who yeah, don't exactly. believe in white like, supremacy and you talk, know race. It, but oh, like, you can yeah, also those use are normies just, for them. Like all yeah, of us who believe exactly. that you know. Slavery was bad, and we don't have to qualify <laughs> that statement, you know? <laughs> Can say, yeah, like... Yeah, dude, alt- alt-right people being nerds is some of the worst shit that has oh, happened so, to us. Oh I God. fucking aggressively hate it. There's yeah. a if they Facebook were just group. meatheads, it would, they would at least just be horrible, you know? But the, not, there, instead of, like, stealing all these weird terms away from us. Yeah. It, it, it drives me insane. There's a, a Facebook group that I follow called Making Unsane. White Dudes Write Paragraphs, where they just screenshot, you know, bigoty shit that alt-right people say in comment sections and on Facebook <laughs> posts. And it's Because it's always a fucking paragraph. Like, actually, I'm not even going to compete with this intellect right now because it's so yeah. far below me. And if you just thought about, like, how every race... Race is okay, and they shouldn't be mixing because you know then we lose all the good stuff. And you just want to like dilute my bloodline, Darky. Like, oh my god, ah, like ah. you're monsters. Nope, don't want to hear that like, at all. Yeah, oh, they're no. monsters. They're monsters. Um, I, you know, but the, but the image, the image on the front is a guy in a furry, like he's in his fursona, and it's got a Confederate flag on the chest, and he's oh, waving like a Kekistan flag. Like, God. <laughs> why is this a marriage of these two things, the alt right and like furries? Because furries like, are either furries like, alone. like hugely yeah, like, wonderful we... liberals, or they're only alt right. There's no oh, in between. Yeah, remember that AWF always supports the phrase "Don't yuck their yums." You know? Don't yuck, yuck other, other people's, people's yums. yums. Yeah. Let yeah. people fly your free flag. Just don't fly the bigoty flags. Yeah. So uh, Audible gives you free, like every month you get two free titles from like a very, you, you pick out of like five or yeah. something like I that. I love it. You, ads, to pick, right? out, but... you had to pick like two things, right? Uh, so I picked one that was like a weird, can't be sci-fi thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm listening to it and it's like fine, but there's like weird things keep popping up. Like they kept making fun of, people who majored in women's studies okay. and also it was like i'm like dude something's something's <laughs> off here like let yeah, me like, <laughs> let me look up this author my spider He's senses are kind tingling of about this yeah uh, and he wasn't it, he wasn't saying anything outright but i look him up and he apparently is like one of the people who started a movement in science fiction stories where they specifically try the there's um there's an award. There's an award that science fiction authors get. I forget the name of it right Hugo now. Hugo or Nebula Award? It's like the, the real Hugo. One? It's the Hugo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they've made like a cabal of not <laughs> technically alt-right, but definitely alt-right people where yeah. they specifically use their voting power to try to keep the votes to white people. Jesus. White males. Oh, no. Come on. They, they don't, they're not direct the about it. Sci-fi writers. But, but that's definitely what they're doing. Oh, and he's like the leader. Yikes. He's like one of the ones that started that. And I, I can't, Ugh. I couldn't find anything that confirmed him to be 100% all right. You know, like mm-hmm. it, nobody talks about it. He just like. Oh, yeah, because they're so fucking sneaky about that shit. Yeah, he has like a, his main series is about, he's like a gun nut too. So his main series is about okay. people using guns to fight monsters. Um, and it's just like, you, you piece of shit, dude. Like, You're you can't like, come on. <laughs> fucking tricking me into reading this garbage. Yeah, yeah cause it's like, Hey, this is awesome. Isn't it great to kill vampires? Isn't it great if there were only non vampires here? 
Isn't like, it wait, great what, that if what? all the vampires were dead, we'd have a better? Wait, hold, wait, wait, hold. What's going on here? You know, it's just. <laughs> I, it I, it's so weird that all of your vampires you describe yeah. as dark-skinned characters. Yeah, like, not only man, I don't like this are anymore. the vampires a drain on people, but they're a drain on society. And we have a final oh, solution oh, for the yeah, vampires. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> the sharpest of turns where you're like, no, no, no. Yeah, I am happy that there was a there is a spidey sense that started tingling about it. Go, I, yeah, like, I, need, I need to look up. Because he literally did not say anything that would have yeah, yeah. indicated that except for mainly the the like you know women's studies suck and it was like go, wait a minute yeah yeah and it's like it, it's a glorification of like being a certain type of mm-hmm. uh you know more traditional male figure which i will say to actually turn the conversation is something cool about D setups because for D we've talked about a little bit of the class things of like what you do sort of being a cleric or a barbarian or a whatever and Jorge mentioned briefly his or tailored as well about race you do pick specific fantasy style races there's humans there's uh elves dwarves halflings uh gnomes which are essentially smaller like, halflings exactly smaller nerdier halflings is usually what it is dragonborn um, Dragonborn, or Dagrin Borons, as I always call them. Um, there's Goliaths, which are like half-giants. Um, tieflings, half-demons. Tieflings, which was what my lo- warlock is, which is a half-demon. Classic. There's uh, Asimar, or ASMRs, as I call them, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who are basically so, like half-celestial beings. Um, am I leaving? Oh, Furbolgs, which are like tree nerds. Um, there's a couple other like races. Yeah, 5e have... took a couple of those out. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, well, they've also added some back in because of expansions. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that. Like, yeah, exactly. I think I know what you're getting at, and I will admit that I am incredibly racist in any RPG or anything where there's different It's And it's based around one thing, and that one thing is always height. Yeah. So, what are you just Randy Newman? Every character, like short people, short got people. no reason. Well, short it was a uh, World of Warcraft. I was, uh, I was always undead, and I had mm-hmm. nothing but respect for all other undead and trolls and ogres and humans and everything. Well, not humans because they're alliance, but uh, exactly. Like, it was always it's like gnomes, dwarves, smaller <laughs> humans. No. <laughs> Oh, it does that. And like some of the D and D like adventures, you'll walk into a tavern and there'll be a little like asterisk. By the way, they don't serve gnomes. Like, wait, what? You're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. The town here, they just don't like gnomish folk. Like, it, it, excuse me, <laughs> just gonna take that out? No. Oh wait, no, you worked that into the story. You set up a bitch. Yeah, like that's meant to be. <laughs> I, it's, um, I mean, it's yeah. interesting to well, explore that. That sort of thing, I actually do kind of find in a serious campaign. Because if you're just going, oh, I'm going to start doing pull-ups everywhere, there's like, eh, not really time to do that sort of stuff. But like looking at the system of, oh, this town just doesn't like gnomes. And it's like, okay, how are your individual characters going to react to this? What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? Are you not going to do business here? Like that choice is interesting. If you're being super serial about it. If you're not, then it's like, Okay, well, I'm gonna blow up this town then because they hate gnomes, and you're like, that's so big of an overreaction. Yeah, no, I, I more so just treat gnomes the way that bodybuilders treat nerds, classically. You know, <laughs> that's more what it's about. Yeah. You just shove them over, just 
start curling them instead. But on on D and D's side, there's no difference between being a male or female version of any of these races or classes. Like they don't do any of that stuff. So oh no, yeah, 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 you're exactly fine the same. there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the only the only move towards egalitarianism that D and D has tried to make. <laughs> and I will say, it is also the the aliens attack sort of principle of things where most of the time I do not see any like interhuman racism in D and D like stories. It's usually like, yeah, we hate dwarves, but we don't hate black people. And you're like, well, that's good. Yeah. It yeah. isn't, but it's uh, good. Like <laughs> That's always weird. It was always weird in the elder scrolls games. Mm-hmm. Cause they had red guard, which were not humans. They were like a different species, oh, yeah, I didn't which like was that. black people. Yeah, oh, just, no. Like, so normally we're just Whoops. like, okay, these people are being racist towards like the lizard people. Yeah. So we yeah. can, I guess we can kind of shove that under the rug. It's kind of shitty, but it's like, okay, whatever. But when the I mean, Nords are being racist against the Red Guard, yeah, who once like again is black people. Oh, yikes. Like, oh, this is... Not what I came here for. Like, ooh, yikes. I, I want to think that I'm okay thinking these cat people are all thieves. I don't want to go any deeper <laughs> than that. By the way, go ahead, Taylor. No. <laughs> uh, Brian, you, you take it away here. There's nothing constructive I'm going to add um, to this right now. And, and honestly, the, the cat people thing was also not okay because they are basically just gypsies. So. That's what I was going to say. Oh, like, um, uh, Lindsay Ellis, who's a YouTuber who does like video essays and things. I think she was talking about that movie Bright. Which is oh, the one with Will Smith and then yeah, like where it's ogres like, where they what just if make fantasy was in downtown Los Angeles, and she was talking about like how it doesn't fucking work if they're two thousand years old because history would have completely changed if orcs and elves were real in actual history. Um, yeah, and again, like it's, it's such a, it's Come such on. a cheap allegory. So like, cool, yeah. we refuse to talk about race in a nuanced way. Let's just make the black people goblins, and it's the it's, first it was, goblin on the police like, force. And like, really? What if this we is a Zootopia? <laughs> yeah. Well, because she talks about the general coding of, of things, and it brings up what you were talking about with the Elder Scrolls and all that sort of stuff of, like, if you're just putting characteristics of other races onto these people and then being shitty to them, aren't you just still being racist <laughs> to the people you wanted to before? Like, it's not good. <laughs> on that um, note. Yeah. On that say. note, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I had a question for you guys. Um, yes. So D&D has been working itself into pop culture in a lot more ways. Like there's oh, yeah. Harmon Quest, yep. there's Stranger Things, there's that community episode, which are the three that I'm going to mention. But like, what are some I, of our yeah. favorite like representations of D&D that we see in pop culture now? I, I'm actually a really big fan of that episode of Community, which I mean, oh, yeah. obviously, but for anybody that is on the fence about playing Dungeons and Dragons, there is an episode of Community, a show called Community in season two. Um, I think it's called like, the Ballad of Fat Neil or something? It's like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. You're um, right. You're right. That's what it is. I would watch that because mm-hmm. that's a good representation of more so how people play when they're not hyper nerds that like specifically sought out Dungeons it and Dragons. It is a good primer of like, okay, I can do this and actually feel like you're playing in the game instead of going, oh my God, I have to think of this backstory. I have to think of all these crazy things with it. Yeah. You, There's you also just watch people just try doing stuff. And it's, yeah. Yeah. There's a great key and peel sketch about like <laughs> a bunch of Uber nerds. And then like his cool cousin comes by and like, nah, man, I just want to get like, I just want to get bitches. Can I, can I go to the, <laughs> can I go to the tavern and get bitches? I'm like, fine, fine. I'll roll it. You uh, nat 20, you successfully get the bitches. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just like, it's, it's very funny. The, the, the natural 20 is any new player's best friend because 
most of the time, especially if your DM is a little newer, you can basically just start saying stuff and roll a nat 20 and be like, fuck you, I guess I'd do it. And it's like, you can't do that. It's like, I can because the dice said so. <laughs> um, I will say I take issue with uh, some of the Stranger Things representation because, dear God, those kids can't help but name things that do not look like the things that they are naming them for. Most specifically, the Demogorgon in the first season doesn't look remotely like a Demogorgon. It's so annoying. I cannot help but want to call you a nerd. Uh, you know, right it's nerd. totally correct, but jeez louise, guys. I was going to say, I'm, something. I'm always like hyper jealous when I'm watching the Stranger Kids play Stranger Kids, yeah, Stranger Kids play uh, Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> early in season one mm-hmm. because they're doing it like classic way they're doing the whole thing where oh, the, yeah. the dm is actually into it and he's like really fucking putting himself out there by like yeah being very animated about it and acting everything out and everybody's like into it you know That's i can't great. imagine like doing a weird goblin voice for someone and everybody like being so excited <laughs> to talk to them and like i mean <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about our annual christmas event at another time but, like, you guys other definitely other do some voices and we are all super into it oh yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah, completely yeah. different because it's all jokes you know yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine like treating any of this stuff seriously and having people be pumped for it. Because if we all could get on board with that, we'd have like an incredible adventure that we yeah. remember for the rest of our lives. But you, yeah, you have to. You have to. The the people have to be in the mood to do it. Like I think we're just too old and neurotic at this point. Maybe. Yeah. Think, well, yeah. I don't know. I think I think you know we're all kind of loosening the reins because we grew up in the generation where it's cool to not give a shit, and then all of us oh, grew God, up and like yeah. no 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 wait giving a shit about stuff is way way better. But, but, uh, but I so we all care. Yeah, yeah we care about a lot of stuff. So I feel like in a couple of years, like nope, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do a dead maybe, serious like maybe. massive yeah. adventure for oh, us. Oh, I, I really do think the easiest way to do that because that actually kind of happened with my with my first group that I played D anD D with because we've been playing the same characters now. We've all managed to survive for the course of like three or four years. So when stuff That's happens, awesome. we're actually pretty serious about it. But everything kind of started as like, it's like when you ironically start saying a phrase to make fun of it, but then you say it so much that you just start actually saying the phrase. It's like, you're saying something because it's like, oh, I'm making fun of it. It's so funny to say. And then you say it so often. And two years later, it's like, oh, I'm still saying it. It's like, why are you still saying it? We are also the generation I just like which it. Like- <laughs> developed the idea of liking something ironically and also developed the criticism. Like, no, 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 no. You just like things that you like ironically, and that's okay. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think that's the way we could get through that if we wanted to be serious about a D&D campaign. Yeah. Let's, I, we should talk more about that. Maybe we'll even record it for everybody's enjoyment. <laughs> oh, Although God, we should probably I mean, record yeah. a goofy one. Uh, but a hundred percent. Um, do we have anything for the kids' corner? Yes. Kids' corner. Uh, for the kids' corner, I recently found out that my entire staff Googled me and found <laughs> out that one, I have a podcast, and two, have all become avid listeners. So if I currently employ you, thank you for your support. Ah, <laughs> thank you for supporting Taylor. Absolutely. Thank you for supporting Taylor. And by consequence, us. Um, and I, I know he seems scary, but he actually is. You really... But, you know, but like, actually, actually. Like. Run, run. Run as fast as you can. 
Yeah, we, we grew up with him, but, oh, man, him with other people? <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. The things that I've seen him do. We used to, there's a story about one of my aunts, which they, they call her The Respect. And it, it comes with, a, with an old story of, like, a, in Peru, they have this, this festival where they, like, toss water onto people coming by. Mm-hmm. There's a different one where they toss paint, too. Or they're the same stop one. Tossing things. Stop tossing liquids onto people. But they say like the uh, the kid came to to toss water on her, and she gave him such an icy stare that he like froze in place. What? <laughs> Stayed Holy frozen. That's so funny. Uh, anyways, continue. I'm, I'm putting her in a D and D campaign and just calling her the respect, and she's this the ancient respect. <laughs> Yeah. Anybody else have anything for the kids' corner? Um, I have a follow-up kids' corner. Uh, thanks, John Leon Berger, for being on our podcast and not beating the shit out of me. Oh well, yeah, it was so I much said fun. I would fight you. I appreciated the not getting hurt. Yeah, John. Sorry, I couldn't hang out with you guys. Thank you for coming on, man. Really, we'll just have to do another one while you're here. We exactly. will. It's gonna be great. Perfection. Buckle up, everybody. Round two. Anything, uh, Jorge, for you? We don't all have to do one every time. I have been. What? I've been if you did. very busy with no. my work. I've been paying very little attention to anything on social media, so I am. All right, perfect. Yeah. Um, so on the topic of Dungeons and Dragons, are we friends? Yeah, any opportunity to to like go hand to hand in a verbal combat with Jorge as we're both wasted in a tavern, going like, no, I cast bleeding hands or whatever like on you first, <laughs> bleeding it's, hands. It's, yeah, burning hands like on you, and I got you, you son of a bitch. It's like when you have your magic ready and I have my hands around your throat, and we <laughs> neither of us is willing. To... <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no, not friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, my episode's next, right? Yes. I'll just do Call of Cthulhu next. And Perfect. I'll fucking, we'll I'll fucking settle this shit once and for all. So, no, uh, not Friends of Dungeons and Dragons. Call yeah, of Cthulhu I, forever. I'm just going to say, Hori, s- you've never played when I DM. I was going to say. That's fair. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, uh, I think it's a technical no because I think Taylor and I are friends on DD and Jorge can go suck an egg with his wow. behavior on DD. And we'll find out how we are on Call of Cthulhu later. We just cool. got to play a round of D&D when we all move to the same city next month. I do want Taylor to for me. I am really excited for that. That's going to happen. All right, Taylor, do you want to lead us out of here? Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for visiting and for listening to another great episode of Are We Friends? As always, you can find us on our website at r-we-friends.com or on the World Wide Web on our Twitter and Instagram, both of which have the handle underscore are we friends. I have been your beleaguered gnome of a co-host, Taylor. <laughs> I, Jesus, beleaguered gnome. I feel so bad. Um, beleaguered? Have, Why are they beleaguered? Well, yeah, like, I just imagine a tiny person holding their head, and I feel so like upset for them. I want to like hold them and be like, I'm sorry. Yep, that um, is a line I, from that episode of Community. You guys should really check it out. Oh, fuck. God damn it. Um, I have been your tantalizing tiefling warlock, Brian. I love Tiefling Warlock. It's always a classic. Like, it's always the thing to do. Like, my infernal ancestor is the thing which gives me power. Radical. It's, it's what I love about... I love that Warlocks have charisma as their stat that uses all their spellcasting. Um, because charisma is always the stat used in everything. From uh, RP, D&D to Call of Cthulhu to whatever. Anything that has charisma is always the influence stat 
Yeah. So if you're, I'm trying to get into a bar, use charisma. I'm trying to convince someone to do something for me. Charisma. The key one, I am trying to seduce someone. Roll that charisma. Charisma. So every tiefling, because they get a bonus to charisma, is usually a warlock and is usually a fuckhound. And yeah. it's the like it's the most bizarre thing to have to roleplay because you're just like. Let me hey, talk to my other dude who's been in this. My other friend who's been in the same too, room for like exactly. four hours too. And let's be sexy now. Turn it on. No warning. Oh, this will go well. All right. I guess I guess I have to roleplay this now because you rolled a twenty on that seduction check. So, okay. We start doing this, and we start doing it. It's like, no, God, no. I don't want to. But yeah, that's me. That's all the time for me. And who are you, uh, young boy? Uh, uh, hello, my name is Jorge. <laughs> and we will talk to you next week. Lightning bolt.